welcome to the Unraveled Academy podcast. This is a place where artists can speak openly and candidly about their creative journey, and we are so happy that you are here. Hi, everybody. I'm Co Hodges. I'm one of the lead instructors and co-founders of Unraveled Academy. And today with me, I have a very awesome treat to be speaking with Alex James. He is a photographer, speaker, a world traveler, and really one of our favorite people. So Alex, thank you so much for being here. Uh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me along. Oh, can you kick us off a little bit? Just tell everybody um, where you are in the world and what type of work you primarily do. Sure. Okay. So um, I'm in uh, Wales, which is one of the countries of the United Kingdom. And um, I live in a very small mining village. Um, but obviously, you know, these days location isn't kind of um, restrictive to right. how you live. So I'm quite happy with uh, that. Actually, it's the village I grew up in. Oh. So uh, it's uh, definitely home for me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, so the work I do is principally um, wedding photography mm-hmm. and just traveling around doing that. So um, I do I do a little bit of other stuff as well, you know, uh, for personal interest, like um, traveling and landscape stuff. Yes. Um, but uh, but for making uh, making ends meet, it's uh, mainly weddings. <laughs> Awesome. And you do that beautifully, I might add. Very ah, thank you so much. That's kind of beautiful. Gorgeous body of work. And for those of you that um, that don't know the story, obviously, I met Alex uh, two years ago almost. Uh, it'll be two years in October in New York, where I awesome. had the pleasure of hearing him speak. That was such a fun experience. Um, and I will say of all of that, of everything that I heard there and everything that I learned, yours was the most powerful delivery as far as a message, um, which is why I asked you here because you really, I've told you this before. I'm mushy. Sarah's not here today, but she'd be like, Oh God, Co's going to be all mushy again. It, that's just how I am. But I told you before, you know, your, your speech was life changing for me. It was something I needed to hear at that time. Um, we're going to chat a little bit about that today. Um, but can you tell everybody when you picked up a camera and why? Um, sure. Okay. So it's, it's quite a while ago now, maybe, um, let's see, uh, maybe, maybe 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, I I had no interest in photography, you know, before then, and essentially it was, um, family, you know, taking pictures of the kids, that kind of thing. Um, but how it happened was I, I'd gone through a, quite a difficult period in my life and um, uh, I, I kind of lost a lot of money in the, the business I was running at the time, which was sitting in construction. Um, you know, it was the economic downturn that happened globally, so it really hit my uh, business hard. Um, so we had a really rough year or two, you know, uh, around that period of time. So uh, I, I also had an accident. Uh, in work, which kind of left me blinded in the left eye. So I've, I've got a 20, 20% vision left in it, but um, I ended up having a bit of uh, compensation money from the insurance that I had covering me. And uh, uh, d- due to that kind of uh, payout that I had and uh, the rough period that we, we'd gone through as a family, I decided that we'd go, you know, the family needed a break. So we went to um, the Disney uh, in Paris, 
And uh, I try to take photos of the fireworks, you know, going off over the kind of uh, castle. And, you know, there was a fantastic experience for, for us. And I had one of those little point and shoot cameras that most kind of parents would have had probably at that time. <laughs> yeah. And the shot I got was absolute uh, is useless. <laughs> you know, so I came back and had this kind of fantastic experience and memory and you know everything that it meant to us because we had such a difficult period in our life and you know I wanted to capture that memory and then I looked at the print and it was just kind of like a blur of color and just a just a mess you know so I I said to Rachel my wife you know I'm I've got a bit of money left over from what I was paid out I'm going to buy a decent camera I'm going to learn how to use it and one day you know, we, we'll go back there and I'll, and I'll get that shot, you know, for us. Right. Um, and that's how it started. I bought a little digital SLR camera, Nikon, and uh, started reading all the magazines and YouTube tutorials and, uh, yeah, just snowball from there, you know, and I got better and better at taking photos. And then somebody asked me would I do a wedding, you know, and I was like, oh, no, my God, I can't, you know, I'm an amateur. <laughs> but it's... It's free. It's totally fine. It doesn't matter if you screw it up. <laughs> right, right, right. So I did it, and uh, it turned out great. I mean, they were so happy with the photos, and then somebody else saw that work, and then I did their wedding, and then I started, uh, you know, char- charging a little bit, you know, to do the work, and then it kind of snowballed and snowballed, and in the end, you know, I kind of like started to make more money doing the photography than I was in my construction business, mm-hmm. which was great because we were on our backside financially type of thing yeah. and uh yeah it, it almost became the savior you know of our family financially so yeah and that, that's how it started for me oh my gosh that still gives me chills i've heard that story twice now and it still gives me <laughs> chills and you did go back to disney and i saw the photo that you took and it yes and actually we um we go back um not to, not to Paris, but we go to uh, Florida to do the the big family holiday in Orlando in uh, the end of September. Oh, and so, so it's, it's it's kind of gone full circle now. So I'm hoping I at least in this holiday I might be able to get some decent photos to remember it by. <laughs> oh, that's amazing! I can't wait to see. And I love the message you deliver, um, and I feel like it is. It, it encompasses a wide variety of people and their experiences about being a provider um, and the stress and the undertaking and then how to turn creative work into providing for your family, which is something that speaks you know, deeply to me, um, yeah. being the sole provider for my family with a creative job. Um, it, it really is amazing. And I've, I constantly feel blessed. Obviously there's, you know, there's ebbs and flows to that and it's not, you know, always easy, but that story always just resonates with me hugely. Oh, you know, it it wasn't something that was planned. It was just one Mm -hmm. of those things that kind of organically developed. And, you know, I suppose that story is kind of like similar to a lot of people's especially in photography where they they take something on board and uh, you, you know as an interest and as a hobby and then you know eventually it kind of ends up rewarding them in other ways which is awesome of course oh absolutely oh my gosh and I know that you you have a, a really really great voice when it comes to uh the work life family balance Um, And let's talk a little bit more about that and just how you achieve your own personal balance um, and and what you could say to everybody about that. Uh, Okay, so 
this this one for me is is kind of very personal, and you know everybody has their own way of kind of looking at things, but uh, it all stems essentially from my own history, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so going back to the to the beginning, you know, I, I grew up without having a dad around, mm-hmm. so um, that was always something that I wished for and wanted in my life, you, you know, to have that kind of uh, father figure there mm-hmm. and you know we, we my, my mom worked hard but we weren't very we weren't very well off financially and uh you know it was it's quite a I wouldn't say we were destitute but we were in a very wealthy family you know she was yeah. a single mom and you know it was quite difficult yeah. and I I always remember you know, feeling happy even though we didn't have money. Mm-hmm. But the things that it was that I was just always got disturbed by was, you know, you'd see the dads picking up their kids, you know, outside the school, and mm-hmm. maybe you'd, you'd pass the field by, and you know, the dad would be kicking the ball with with his with his son or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's what I wanted for me, you know. Yeah. That that was a, a big motivator. So having no money. You know, we were in rental homes and that kind of thing, and not having a dad really imprinted on me from from a very very young age. So, you know, my goal when I when I grew up to be an adult was, I'm going to be a dad. I want to be a dad, and I'm going to be an awesome dad. <laughs> you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to give, you know, hopefully my child what everything that I never had. Right. You know, as a as a young boy, and and that's not material things just the kind of relationship thing you know absolutely and the other thing was the security that we lacked from um not owning our own home and the risk of eviction because we didn't have money around it that kind of thing um i always wanted to own my own home you know as well so those were my two lifetime goals um so obviously then when i grew up you know, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. So I ended up kind of uh, doing construction. Uh, and then I got a little bit of uh, work through that. And then I was employed initially. And then I did some self-employment in construction. Uh, and to cut a long story short, I ended up, um, we built our own place. Mm-hmm. I built it myself with my own two hands, which is really rewarding. Amazing. Uh, based on, of course, that kind of lifetime goal. Yes. Uh, and then, of course, uh, we had children. Mm. And uh, first of all, we had a little girl who was born. Mm. Uh, I, I, you know, and I, I will say I was gutted to begin with. I was really disappointed because I wanted a firstborn son. You know? <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but as soon as she came along, I was like, oh, my gosh, she's so perfect. And mm. I, I didn't care, if, you know, I, I had all girls type of thing, you know. Yeah. yeah and yeah. Uh, my wife got pregnant again. And... Uh, we had another little girl who <laughs> was like, oh, you're okay, it's fine, you know, it's awesome. And then a few years later, she got pregnant again. And I remember going to the scan, you know, yeah. and uh, so they pulled the ultrasound uh, pictures up on the big screen. And uh, the nurse said, oh, I think I can see something between the legs here. <laughs> you know, she wanted to find out, of course. Yeah. And uh, she said, you're going to have a son. Oh. You know, oh, I... Yeah, I get emotional. I go, my hair's are standing on and thinking yeah. about it. You know? Oh my God. I, I just overcome with emotion. You know, it's kind of like in that moment, I'd completed 
and fulfilled all my life goals. Right. You know, so I had I had this son that that, that I kind of saw myself in. I wanted to kind of imprint, you know, unfairly yeah. maybe all the things that I wanted. <laughs> no, and, not unfairly. You know, <laughs> and of course, we had had our own home uh, built as well. So you know, for me. I'd achieved everything I ever wanted to achieve in life mm. r- right then. And that was quite, you know, at a young age, 33 at the time. Yeah. And so everything for me, everything else that came after that was a bonus, you know, right. Right. everything that you can uh, achieve and succeed uh, was, was all just an extra. And of course, because it was so driven by those goals, when it comes to family, for me, it is absolutely fundamentally the most important thing in my life you know mm-hmm. yes. it's what brings me happiness and I think it essentially what brings most people happiness if they really break it down you know so money's not important to me uh, success isn't important to me being famous isn't important mm-hmm. to me all I want what, what for me as a, a, a legacy is for when my kids grow up to think I had a great dad I had a great childhood you know, and they can use those positive experiences to go on and then do whatever they want in their own lives, you know? So, that's yeah, that's why work-life balance, yeah, it's kind <laughs> of like heavily favored for, um, family overwork, if, if I'm honest. No, oh, that's so amazing though. It's so amazing because at the end of all of it, that's what's left over. Truly, that's what's left over. And that's a beautiful legacy to leave behind. Um, you know, I had a, a you know, I'd say 70% absent dad, uh, military deployed, always overseas, living in a different country than us. And I, that's heavily, I can, although it's not even close to being the same thing, um, I I grew up wishing for that too. And so now I feel, I have like, (laughs) you talk to our our, uh, couples therapist, she'd say you're very masculine. I'm like, I know, because (laughs) I did, I did want to be that for my kids. I wanted to be both for my kids. I had to be. Um, and I did have to be for a while. Um, so I, I think that that's beautiful and, and truly at the end, what you walk away with, it's, it's just how people remember you and, and the people that remember you are your, your own family. So that's just amazing. Yeah, of course. Oh, so are you, are you currently traveling and taking work, uh, internationally now? Uh, yeah. So I do, I don't do as much as, um, probably most people <laughs> do destination kind of stuff yeah. mainly because of the reasons aforementioned yeah. but um yeah i do a bit i go to um portugal on the fifth to oh. a wedding for another photographer mm-hmm. and um obviously i'm going to the states and the bahamas mm-hmm. at the end of september so yeah just here and there but uh yeah. not not majorly uh traveling at all at the moment yeah the travel the travel life is is a huge undertaking, especially when you have kids. Because how, how old are your kids now? Um, so Brooke is my eldest. She is um, nearly seventeen. Oh my gosh, I can't even handle that. Oh, that's <laughs> crazy. She's great, actually. She's very um, switched on and yeah. you know easy to handle. Um, so she's um, starting college in September, and she just got herself a little part-time job, which is oh. <laughs> unbelievable to see <laughs> right. that. Your child is in work, like you know. Oh, I can't. Um, even, I can't my even. middle middle child, uh, Madison, is um, coming up to fourteen, 
she's a little bit more feisty than <laughs> much more challenging to handle but I you know I love her personality is great yeah. and then I have a 10 year old little boy Tyler who is just crazy he's like a pin <laughs> bouncing around everywhere oh total <laughs> but, boy <laughs> yeah so they're all a little bit older now which is um I wouldn't say it gets easier, but uh, they kind of can look after themselves a little bit more, you know? Oh, my gosh. I know I feel like mine are five and six, and I feel like they'll always be five and six. I can't even imagine my daughter being 17, although she sometimes acts like she's 17. So (laughs) it goes so quickly, you know, before you know it. (laughs) For sure. Oh, my gosh. And I would love to chat a little bit about your wife. Everything you post about her is so endearing, so lovely seems like you yeah. guys she just really supports your your journey and uh and you guys have a really strong bond uh how how does um how does she do with like the creative work and uh and is she involved in it at all or? Um, not not really involved so much you know in in the day-to-day running of my of the business or creativity or anything like that but as you can imagine, you know, in a relationship, she is my <laughs> greatest supporter and my most fierce critic. <laughs> so, like, yep. um, if I'm having one of those, um, you know, creative moments where I just can't get into it today, you know, you know, I'm just going to bum around all day and do nothing. <laughs> you got to answer those emails. you got to, you know. So, she's a kind of driving force behind things and obviously, you know, and if I want to post a photograph or, you know, I'm editing something in a certain way, I say, what do you think of this? She goes, no, that's trash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, she's great. But she's, you know, she's a hardworking um, mom. She goes out to work full time. She takes care of all the home stuff. Um, yeah, she's just a, she's just a trooper, like, you know. Just but that. very um, methodical, organized, switched on, mm-hmm. everything, complete opposite to what I am. I'm kind of like <laughs> creative drifter. We're like, oh, what's going on today? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Oh, my gosh. Well, I can totally relate to that. I, I Once I was in like a kind of a creative funk, and I was just sitting here. It was during my office hours, and I was just sitting here staring at my computer. Just, you know, you know how it is. You're just like, oh, just waiting, just waiting for something to click. And, and, uh, my kid's dad was like, what the hell are you doing? He's like, I'm supposed to be working. I'm like, I am working. This is work. Yeah. I'm waiting. I'm, for not this. Wa- I'm not watching internet memes. I'm actually emailing. Right, right, right. This is work. Oh, it's so funny. And it's so interesting to see, um, and I've done both things. I've been, blue, I've been blue collar my whole life. I'm also, you know, uh, a nurse. And before that I did, you know, I was a bartender forever. Um, so I do know like both worlds. And, and just like the, you punch in, you punch out, you don't take work home. And then I do this where work is home and it's ever present. Um, so definitely I can understand both sides, uh, for sure. Yeah, um, and, and, you know, I'm a serial procrastinator. Why do today what you can do tomorrow? Like, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and she's just not like that. She's got like a checklist in her head and everything's got to be like, ticked off like you know so it's a kind of conflict there but yeah she gives me a kick up the bum sometimes (laughs) it's a good balance it's a good balance could you imagine two of the same (laughs) you know oh my gosh 
Oh, that's awesome. Um, let's talk a little bit too about um, just advice you would give like to people starting out, people who um, like want to do the wedding industry. If you could give any advice to your earlier self, business self, what would it be? Um, yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> I mean, I have to tell you, Colleen, I'm not the greatest businessman. <laughs> if, if, I, if I was, you know, you know, things would be much, much more differently, uh, for us. Yeah. But, um, it's, it's a peep, it's a people's game, right? Mm. So you're dealing with people all the time. And for me, it's all about relationships, you know? And I, I think, I think, yeah, it's important to do good, good work and produce consistent good work and memories for people. But ultimately, if, if you're, if you're a bit of um if you're not nice to have around mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how good your work are that the impression you're going to leave in those people it, it, you know isn't going to be a positive one and right. a, i love the quote um it's one of my favorites um that says people will forget what you said they will forget what you did but they will never forget how you make them feel yeah. and and for for me that's Number one, you know, I go to a wedding and I make friends. Right. Because, you know, you know, you, you turn up there and you'll see, you know, I know maybe a gang of friends over in a corner somewhere and they're all taking photos of each other on their phone, right? And then you rock over with your big digital SLR camera and they all just like, <laughs> you know, right. they, they can be free. So, you know, they're accepting of having photographs by their friends, but then right. if there's professional guy comes over with the camera you know they kind of like retreat back into their shells a little bit so my goal is always to be a friend make a friend uh, of everybody and of course they're far more susceptible and willing to have their photograph taken you know Mm. so um and once they accept that you kind of can ghost you know ghost around the wedding doing what you want and mm-hmm. nobody takes a blind bit of notice of of you and like hey Al, how's it going you want a drink you know i'm good <laughs> yeah. right oh that's so and true so we're you know on the dance floor and they're doing the, the disco and i'm dancing just with them <laughs> i know i saw an instagram story the other night <laughs> dancing at a wedding crack me up uh no that's so true though and just plays into the whole client experience and and you're so right if you if you aren't personable or approachable then the experience is going to be tarnished uh and you can take the prettiest pictures in the whole world but it's we're we're we have to deal with people you're so right yeah totally and you know it's a tricky balance i mean you can't go in there being over the top and hey look at me mr gregarious guy you know (laughs) Because you don't want to draw too much attention to yourself, but you don't want to be this kind of like um, strange voyeuristic guy, you know, working the outskirts of the wedding. Right, right, right. (laughs) Who's the creep? (laughs) It's a funny one. And I always think of the term ROI in business, return on investment, right? Mm -hmm. And people always think about like investing in product and, you know, gear and, marketing and all that kind of thing but when i think of return on investment i want to invest in people you know right and the returns you get are far greater almost than what you can spend on like the other type of things towards your business you know what i mean because ultimately those referrals come back um based on you know sometimes people people say 
oh, you're amazing. It's so great to have you around. You know, and they haven't even seen a photograph yet. So my work could be completely trash for all they know, (laughs) but they love to have me around, right? Right, right. uh, Friends and, you know, that kind of thing. So it's very Mm. important to be a people's person. And, of course, uh, relationships are tricky and, you know, they do take work, but it's it's so important and rewarding if you do it. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. And I love... I love your take and I am not a wedding photographer. I will never claim that. Um, I do like one wedding a year and my last one was in January. I, I won't, probably won't take another one um, because I just do so much family work, but, and oh, it's beautiful too. I love oh, it. Thank you so much. You're so sweet. Um, but I love what you say about the thing everybody hates the most about as being a wedding photographer is the posed family, the big family shots. And everyone's like, Oh God, you know, this is the worst part, but I loved what you yeah. said about it. It actually made so much sense. And I would love to talk a little bit more about that here. Um, and I'm obviously, you know, in my own words of what you said, but like these shots, these food with the grandmas and the cousins and all of this, the, the boring shots of the wedding. Right. And you yeah. said, this is just documenting these people at this, specific time in their life together and like let's not be so snobby about it and just take the damn picture because it means something to them and I loved that so much and can you elaborate a little bit more on that yeah and it's you know it's it's so true because you know as creatives you know photographers we all and and social media has a big big say in why this is the case Mm -hmm. you know everybody wants to post that magic picture that's going to get them noticed and all the likes and you know that kind of stuff so when when photographers turn up at weddings you know a part of them is thinking oh, this is going to be such a great picture to put on social media. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to get so many likes for this. And, and they kind of lose sight of the fact why they're there in the first place. Like, yeah. you know, And I know a lot of couples aren't too fussed on having reams and reams of uh, family photos. And, you know, and that's right. totally cool because they just want to get on with partying, right, and enjoying right. their day. But, you know, um, I did a photograph um, for a, a couple, couple of years ago. And um, she said, oh, Alex, um, my grandma, because she can't make the wedding. She's not, she's not very well at all, you know. She's, uh, she's laid up in, in uh, bed at home. And um, just before we go to the reception, can we just go there and get the photo? I said, yeah, of course. I'm a hired gun. You paid me. You're my boss, right? So we, we can do whatever you want to do. Yeah, no problem at all. So we went there and um, yeah, the nan, she was really, really elderly and she was – you know, kind of uh, pipes up her nose and that kind of thing. But they took them out and they, uh, they dressed, she was dressed up in a beautiful dress and they put a hat on for her and she sat in the bed and all the family came around the bed and we took the picture and then we left. And, um, I went on to shoot the rest of that wedding and, you know, I delivered some killer, absolute killer photos from that wedding. They were like, beautiful couple and there was some sunset in there and beautiful flares and mm. things were backlit and great photojournalistic moments. Mm. But when I delivered the photos, like a week later, she emailed me back and said, Alex, that photo you took of my um, grandma in the house is my favorite photo oh. of the whole wedding. But she died like the next day. Oh my God. So it's kind of like, wow. Yeah. You know, yep. This is what I do it. So, 
Yeah, so when it comes to the fun, and I know a lot of photographers have got the same experience and the same stories with that kind of thing, but yeah, yeah, it's important, you know, those people in those photographs might not be around in the next year, two years, weeks, days, you don't know, and the children in those photographs will be like grown-ups soon, right? So you're going to look back at those four photographs and think, ah, you know, look at little Susie when she was four years old and she's so cute. Look at her now. She's a doctor, you know. Grandma, she's not with us anymore. And, you know, so what at the time they may not be important, but in time to come, they certainly will be, you know, and that's so important. Oh, my gosh. Well, Alex, you just made me cry on a Sunday morning. So. That's not hard to do. But I can't man, see you, you be <laughs> oh no, for for sure. But I'm a crier. That's just how it goes. Oh, that is <laughs> you so. Don't send me off because you know I am too, right? <laughs> I know. So I love you so much. Oh, but that's <laughs> so true and oh, so beautiful. That oh, makes me. That just makes. That makes me so happy because you know we just had a loss in our family. Um, and I'll tell you when you prepare a ceremony. Um, even if it's just a remembrance, celebration of life versus like a, uh, more of a funeral, the pictures that come out will surprise you. I photographed our family for, I mean, I've been the documenter forever. And I, you know, again, I've taken these beautiful, what I think epic photos, you know, and the connection and all this stuff. And then at the end, the pictures that they, they choose for the gallery to be hanging on the wall at the service are not those. They're the ones yeah. where everybody is together and they might be shit photos and yeah. lots of them are blurry and nobody cares. And yeah, it's just, exactly. it's, it's so important. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. And it happens a lot, you know, in, on social media, if you, if, if you, you know, I, sometimes I deliver like a gallery of beautiful wedding photographs and then the picture they choose for their <laughs> yeah. profile picture is some like really blurry iPhone photo that, yep. you know, maybe they're, aunt took like you know because it's it, it's, the, it's the person that's behind the the, the yeah. photograph that, that meant something to them you yeah. know exactly. so yeah you have to accept that kind of thing and you know oh. for me that's what's the more, most important thing you know oh. it's about them really and not how awesome I want to portray myself on Instagram <laughs> oh my gosh you are the best and that that is I, I with that thought everybody <laughs> we're gonna leave on that thought because this is the most amazing interview thank you so much alex for being here with us and i am going to plug in in the show notes links uh to his instagram and his website so you can follow along in his journey uh we just adore you thank you so much for you know for everything you do for can i just encourage you as well to to put in the links that you have uh there's a ted talk um if you search the grand study into human happiness it's it's the, this is the one I give in my talk, which is a it's, it's about fifteen minutes long, but it's really worth a watch, yes. and it, it's uh, it's really encouraged. So the grand study into human happiness, just look at that. I'm gonna add that in. And thank you for having me along. Um, I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Thank you for everything you do. Okay, thank you, Colleen. All right, bye, honey. Thank you so much for tuning in. It means so much to us that you are here, and we hope you walk away inspired as hell. If you are not already a student in Unraveled Academy, we'd love for you to join us. So go to www.theunraveledacademy.com and join our tribe today. And that link will also be posted in the show notes here. We have a seat with your name on it.